Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of One Vision. With us today, we have Heidi Kopitzen, top leader in voice and CEO, founder of Marvi. Welcome to the show, Heidi. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So um, I don't know if everyone listening would know, but um, before your career in technology, you were actually a professional tennis player. Now, that's quite a twist going from playing tennis to you know, <laughs> coding. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how you got started? Yeah, I, and that's correct. I, I was in the tennis industry for probably about 15 years. Um, was a, started off as a player. After I graduated college, I, I went on the tour for a little bit, helped a lot of top-ranked players keep their ranking by losing to them. Um, was good enough to play, not good enough to stay, then went into uh, teaching, was director of tennis at multiple country clubs and managed clubs, consulted, and worked a little bit on the, on the product side. Um, growing up in Connecticut and the exposure I had to um, folks during the tennis boom introduced me to some very successful, innovative people. Um, which is actually what led to an entry into a tech company, my first one. Uh, I had been looking to get off the tennis court, and one of my lessons said, why don't you come work for me? Software company, and there I entered tech knowing nothing. This is in the 90s, uh, early midnight, early mid-90s. Um, was at the very beginning of a couple emerging technologies, um, which I found to be a perfect blend of strategy, innovation, creativity, and business all together, um, and realized that I really like that space where it's just early adoptions happening. Um, you get to learn everything from the engineering side. Uh, found out I like I like actual tech, and I did like to code. I don't do it much any, anymore. Uh, really love the design side, creating. Um, how a product would be received um, than the internet of things. And it was really um, accidental, but it was perfect. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of what happens with the twists and turns of a career, but I've never heard of, um, you know, a technologist like we've talked to, uh, many through the last year and a half uh, become started doing tennis uh, which is really <laughs> cool so let's let's talk about marvi a bit um, marvi is a voice ai strategy and conversation design company mm -hmm. um, let's talk about the inspiration and kind of you know what you were doing right before you started it and, and tell us a little bit more about the name yeah i uh, thank you for asking that um so i uh, in 2014 i had just left the startup um, and the Amazon Echo came out, was pre-released in November of 2014. We ended up giving one to my mother and she took to it immediately. And a little history on my mom. I'm the youngest of a large family. So I've always had an older parent um, because a lot of my friends were firstborns. Um, so my perspective on, pe on older people might be a little different. Um, my perception of aging is one of, that's very healthy. Uh, my mom was still playing tennis at age 87, um, but was blind by age 90 due to macular degeneration. And so was faced 
my brothers and sisters, we were faced with her being uh, becoming less less independent, um, more frustrated, more socially isolated. Amazon Echo comes out in 2014 after about a year and a half of blindness and takes to it immediately, uh, changes everything, allows her to still maintain her independence um, and allows us to have some insight. So Marvy came about from watching that happen. Uh, I've always been a believer in what's possible. I've always been a believer that if we think about peeking around the next corner, we will create, we can create things that not only have impact, but are good business. Um, and so created one of the first 2000 Alexa skills, um, just kept creating from there. Uh, we're really early, this is 2015, 2016, and I need to mute my Echo device. So built a couple things for my mother and for my family. And it wasn't about um, deteriorating health. It was about Voice will keep her happier. Voice will allow the family to have some insight into that she's doing okay, because she was still living on her own. Um, and then realizing that my mom wasn't alone, there's millions like her. Um, and thus I formed the company Marvy. And Marvy, the name Marvy came about because it was my mom's name. And I thought it would be, um, Besides being a cool name, an unusual name, it would be, and, and it's an honor, you know, it continues her legacy. I always love that story every time we can tell it. Um, that's the one thing I, I often tell people, um, especially when you're working with entrepreneurs, with solutions that are geared towards the order demographics every single one of them has a personal story a personal yeah. story the passion that drive us to how we want the ecosystem to get better um for people creating solutions actually matter not mm -hmm. just you know look pretty yeah um so i don't i don't ever get tired of you telling that story um, <laughs> since the first time i met you in yeah you, you've heard it a few times we've known each other for a few years now Been quite a few <laughs> years yes yes um so a lot has changed mm -hmm. the last few months, to say the least, um, how we live, how we work, how we uh, try to, to stay um, sane, if you will. Yeah. So um, there is a lot of stories that has come out to, you know, where it's about how different hospital systems, different people are using voice technology to provide a opportunity for patients to stay connected to the outside world for people that are otherwise isolated to talk to their families. Um, do you feel that as an industry, we have progressed enough given the adoption of the voice technology the last few months, given the light we have shown on it, or do you think there's more we need to do and why? Oh, that's a big question. Um, my short answer is no, <laughs> we have not done enough. Um, so a couple things, couple of points here, um, because I think the last few months have been very revealing, uh, both from exposing some things, but also prompting some different things. Um, before I, we start maybe talking about a couple of solutions for older adults, whether it's uh, patient care, whether it's uh, in home, whether it's just community, um, I, I need to make the comment that um, 
I don't want it to be a revelation that every time someone speaks about older adults or the elderly, which is the oldest old, um, that it becomes about deteriorating health. But it becomes, and, and Theo, you and I have talked about this, that um, it, it's about just living life. It's about continuing to dream, continuing to have aspirations. Um, it's not about, okay, they're over this age, everything has to be about healthcare because they're decline, they're in decline. So I wanna start off by saying that and then lead from that into, if the masses look at their stay at home period and how there were moments or, or lengths of time where they felt isolated, where they felt dependent, where they felt um, lonely, where they felt frustrated because they couldn't get things done, whether it was taking care of kids, taking care of an elder parent, et cetera. Um, that is the norm for a majority of older adults outside of this COVID period. Um, so if people can take how that feels and turn it into action, we will have a better narrative for older adults because one thing that's been revealed during COVID and has been revealed within the voice industry, I'm sorry to say from my perspective, is that we do not value people as they get older. They lose value for some reason, which I don't understand. <laughs> um, and it's not about uh, the top of a chain, you know, a top of a ladder, the top of leadership, the top of um, any organization, um, going through, you know, change age, agent status, um, because we've everyone, every generation's talked about that for a long time. Um, we need to raise a collective voice that everybody's important. Um, inclusion isn't just one category, it's all of, it's everyone. <laughs> um, and so I think for COVID on the, on the perspective side, um, we all need to step back and say, okay, what is this revealed to me? And how can I voice it as an us? On the solution side, COVID has shown that we can innovate incredibly quickly. Um, we, can, we can overcome regulation and procedures and process and um, doing things in silos to collaborate. Um, that's been necessary for a long time. So that's a real positive in my, in my opinion. Um, we need to, um, you know, it's hard because I've kind of become known for, you know, being the older adult person and voice, even though I've spent my entire career in enterprise software. Um, and I know more about aging than I ever wanted to know. <laughs> um, but there are needs that can be met um, for social impact. Um, but honestly, my business brain just wants to shout that it's good business to create for these not just healthcare, but finance and caregiving and physical activity. So I, I believe COVID has, this season has um, shown some, some kind of nasty things that we don't value people the same equally, um, which I think is sad and is, is capable of change. And I think for those of us who work in emerging tech, this is such an opportunity. Um, 
to take things from a concept and talk about, you know, well, down the road we'll be able to, to really enacting things within the community, their own communities. And really, how do we connect people properly, efficiently, effectively, um, with voice as a channel or as a standalone? It doesn't matter. Um, touchless devices in the hospital, um, connecting people in a hospital. Um, I have friends that have lost um, elder parents during COVID and were not able to see, see them and say goodbye. Um, at the same time, watching everyone walk around without a mask. Um, the more we understand audiences, the better we can design for them and the better we understand their positions. And that just comes from conversation, I think. And that was a fairly long ramble, sorry. It's what I do. When, when, you know, you talk about technology and designing for an older generation or an older um, customer base for solutions, it reminds us of sort of the challenges and struggles we have in financial services, trying to convince people that, you know, older adults are not just a source of funds uh, for loans, yeah. right? And it's, it's, it's like this uphill battle. And I'm like, well, everybody's going to get older and there's more of us now. And it's just it's it seems um, like it's it's not just a lost opportunity, but it's almost like we need to sort of change the mindsets of of everybody uh, just around what it means to be older. So anyway, um, you recently co-founded another uh, company with Micah Coppins, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you could you tell us a little bit more about what Promptful is? Sure. Um and I always have a couple of companies going. <laughs> um, so Promptful came about, uh, I've known Micah kind of without meeting, you know, uh, other than virtually for, for a while now within the industry. Um, with COVID, we, we were both doing um, design workshops in person. Um, we realized that we have a similar philosophy that understanding the user is so critical in voice um, and if you understand the user, you enter their, their, their um, um, empathy path, so to speak. Um, so we just had been talking about this for a while. And then when COVID happened, we decided we, rather than putting a course together that's, here's what an intent is, here's what a slot is, this is, you know, how you capture an utterance. Um, we wanted to do a more interactive, hands-on kind of um, workshops where that meets a um, couple hours a week for three weeks in a row, and you're in a small group with Mike and I, and we literally go through an interactive white workspace and build something. Um, but we really focus on personality of the system and how does it match the user audience and. How do you design differently for someone who's 90 versus someone who's 30? Um, both in the rhythm, the cadence, the tone, all of those things. So that's how Promptful came about. Um, and then it allowed me, from, Mar from a Marvy perspective, um, to expand out to creating some design tools that I've wanted to design for a while. 
um, that are not specific to older adults that are more about how you should approach a project from an enterprise perspective and then how how individual designers need to learn that designing for voice because it's really early adoption everybody's learning and everybody's reading and everybody's um, trial and error um, and AI engines hopefully will improve as um, the language models improve, um, hopefully without bias. Um, <laughs> um, so Prompt also allowed me to design some, some tools, um, whether it be a workbook, whether it be project cards that really allow designers and developers and anyone who wants to create a voice interface with their audience a different way of thinking about it than just going and prototyping and connecting this box to this box, which drives me crazy because we're not spending enough time on the user and having come from mobile before this and built a lot of enterprise consumer facing and, 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 and B2B um, mobile apps. Um, the amount of attention we need to pay to the user and how they speak what the what their context is culturally is um more involved and more important to be honest than um, building in the mobile app world so that's how promptful came about it, it's interesting listening to you say that because just recently, we had a similar conversation with another guest on the show um, in banking, where he he said almost the same thing: "It's um, bankers are not spending enough time talking to their customers, right?" Yeah. And in a lot of ways, if I look at the startup world, um, I feel the same way. Regardless of which industry you're in, a lot of times people do not spend enough time looking to talk to a more diverse group of people, right? Understanding exactly how they're using or how they plan to use the product, how they're living their life, how they can make it useful, but instead they design in a vacuum. And 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 yeah. it's, it's a waste, um, it's, a, it's unfortunate. Something well, that real quick, Real quick, I, I, I think from a business perspective, it costs money to spend that time. Um, but since discoverability is an issue, uh, with voice, which it was with mobile too, and discoverability is really about marketing. Um, the time to experiment and spend time with users is in the earliest adoption. So that's why I've spent time with over 20,000 older adults. So um, I just wanted to mention that if there's a time to spend time with users, it's now. <laughs> it's now when they're all held captive. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so there, there, that, that's one way to say it. Um, there is something else that, that you said earlier that it resonates and you know exactly where, where it is probably. Um, when you're talking about, it's not always about deteriorating health, it's not always about decline. Um, there's so much more to living a long life than just thinking about older people being fragile, walking around the cane, mm -hmm. um, being helpless. And, and all of that. Um, as a society, we tend to focus a lot on perceived vulnerability. Mm -hmm. We tend to focus a lot on physical declines. Um, one of the examples I always use when I give presentation is I tell people to to go ahead and, and Google older people. Yeah. Or Google aging. 
the image that you always see is 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 an image of of decline and is not always the case right isn't it we always say that mm. the minute you're born you're getting older and it's just part of life right um never mind that we're living so much longer um i'm preaching to the choir so how would you um say to other startup founders who are interested in starting a business targeting this this longevity economy targeting the massive group of people you often say and i, and I always crack up whenever you tell people people that are older than 50 is not one cohort it's three four generations together right yeah. you said that recently yeah. in your in your uh webinar uh how, what would you say to them what would you want them to remember um I would want them to remember to approach the audience from a perspective of they're still fulfilling dreams and aspirations. They're not trying to fix a problem necessarily. Now that dream and aspiration may involve fixing a problem, but if we approach them that they're actively living, um, you look at a solution differently. As an example, uh, so, you know, and in, in today's media world, I'm elderly because <laughs> I'm over 50, uh, which is hysterical. El by the way, elderly was, I think, first coined by the Social Security Administration in 1938 to mean the oldest old. And it was an on it's honorable. You know, we always look to our elders. But the life expectancy then was 60. <laughs> so it's not 60 anymore. So. The first thing media needs to do and any startup needs to do is stop using the word elderly with a picture of an active 60 year old. It drives me crazy. Um, but if we look at helping people aspire to something, and it may be I aspire to go to the grocery store, <laughs> or maybe I aspire to climb, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, an exam a real life example, um, two things, two examples. One, I had a gentleman who told me that he was annoyed that people kept telling him that he was afraid of technology because he had been in World War II and he had fought in the war. And he said, I was afraid then. Just because I don't know how to use something doesn't mean I'm afraid of it. He goes, get a grip. <laughs> it was really funny. The other is, Met a woman, she had had uh, her knee replaced. Um, you know, it had deteriorated. She was in her early 70s, I believe. Um, and she was trying, going through rehab. And she was talking about some of the exercises that she, you could find online, because she had gone through knee surgery right before COVID and the stay at home had started. Fortunately, it happened beforehand. And a lot of them were too fast. Um, a lot of them weren't specific enough for her. And I asked her, you know, are you just trying to get, you know, healthy? And she said, no, she goes, I travel a lot. It's like my hobby. It's my passion. And she goes, I want to be able to still walk down through the airport on my own when I'm 90 and I'm still traveling. That's an aspiration that's dealing with a, a, a temporary health issue. If we approach, if I, if startups approach, the older adult audience from the perspective of we are going to help them either keep on doing or improve in efficiency and convenience, you know, to meet what they want to do. 
we will we will enable better solutions and actually a better world and make money build good businesses um, I will tell you from ex from experience especially right off the bat with Marvy the older adult population if it's the right solution is willing to pay for emergent technology and the kids who have active older parents um, the adult children who have, you know, 80 year old parents who are doing fine living independently, but they live remotely and they start to get a little, if they have the capability, they're willing to pay for it. So it is a business opportunity um, uh, beyond a, a social need. And, uh, you know, I always have, a, a, granted, I always have a business hat on. <laughs> um, it's what I do. But um, I would tell entrepreneurs to think about where older adults want to be or want to do, not where they want to fix. Well, <clears throat> Heidi, I would just say that um, having finally met you last year, I, I would say that you are a passionate advocate um, for solutions for older adults and just um, one more person that I've been able to meet uh, because of this company that we formed. And so, you know, just keep on doing what you're doing. It's fantastic. So along those lines, what is next then for Marvy? You know, what, what are the other things that you want to see? What are the other things you want to build in the ecosystem? Um, for Marvy, um, you know, it's evolved from wanting to build a software platform in 2015 that met a very specific need and then realizing the, the community, the tech community, did education about who older adults were. Um, and so it became more of an evangelist advisory. So for Marvy, uh, Marvy will still be around from a advisory um, design shop um, because I think the design tools are what's lacking right now uh, in this space. And I, as much as I would like to say, 10 years from now, there are needs to be met and people who will purchase today within the constraints of the technology. So from Marby, it's going to be design, offering strategy to startups, Fortune 500 companies, whoever, on how to approach voice. Um, from Promptful, it's to get designers up to speed across the board, not just for older adults. Um, I've got another company where I've done business coaching for a long time. Um, and then I have a stealth um, design uh, idea that I've started to build that I'm going to eventually need to raise a round for. So always busy, but they all, they all complement each other. So I'm building an ecosystem around an idea is what really what I'm doing. You're always busy though, Heidi. I mean, that's <laughs> the one thing I've learned about you is never a dull moment. You never know what to expect next. Um, but if, if, I would echo what, what Brett say is um, you are passionate about what you do and you're a passionate advocate for, for the older adults. Um, we need more people like you because um, I think if anything we've learned from COVID, like you say, it's um, life is not expendable. The lives of older adults are not expendable. Um, even if you're talking about people that are living, you know, 70s, 80s, they probably still have another 15, 20 years to live. So yeah. who is who are we to say that, you know, they need to they need to 
quote unquote sacrifice so that our economy can move forward. It does not have to be this way. Look at all the other countries. Nobody mm-hmm. is in the state that we are in right now. Yeah. Um, and I always use um, my my um, one of my beloved places, Hong Kong, with over seven million people. Not one single older adult in a nursing home has gotten sick. Not one yeah. single older adult in a nursing home has died. And we have tragedy here. So, you know, I reject anyone who would come and challenge me and mm-hmm. say, because they're older, they're dispendable. That's not right. Yeah. We need to do better as a society. So thank you so much for joining us, Heidi. It's always a pleasure. And uh, hopefully we'll get to meet you in person. Um, Again. <laughs> at, this, at this rate, it looks like it might be 2021. But um, <laughs> stay, stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, thanks for joining us and thank you for listening in to another episode of One Vision.